was basically a, a jack of all trades, but yeah. as a master of computer science. <laughs> Software yeah. engineering, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. So I stuck to what I stuck to what I loved. Um, so yeah, so that that actually helped me a lot because looking back, um, I was even thinking about it the other day. I was like, how did I get here? And all of a sudden, yeah. all this attention, where did it come from? And one of my mentors told me, well, Jess, you've been preparing for this. And he was exactly. right, because I have been preparing for this. Hello, and welcome to the Growth Mindset Podcast. Your host is me, Asteria Ambata Pirola. I'm so excited to finally be broadcasting this show and hosting it all the way from Milan, Italy. Journey along with me together with an exclusive list of guests who are thought leaders, academics, creators, entrepreneurs, and scientists, all starting us off from the Namibian landscape. What are we talking about? Everything as it pertains to doing things better and mentally elevated to bring forth the best versions of ourselves in their respective industries. So listen along and hit the subscribe button or simply share an episode that deeply resonated with you. Stick soon. Ciao. My name is Jesse Liula Shiseo. Born in Namibia, though I did do my high school and university in in Cape Town, and I guess that's where the entrepreneurship spirit was born. I graduated in computer science and majored in in software engineering, and I've been an entrepreneur since 2008. Okay. Uh, I mean, sorry, since 2014, sorry. I was thinking eight okay. years, <laughs> since 2014. Yeah. And... Um, and and that journey has been quite interesting because I've only worked for for small businesses as a student, never actually as a graduate. And as a graduate, I went straight into entrepreneurship where I started attaining uh, big contracts with big organizations in Namibia, so mainly state-owned enterprises. Um, I yeah. did work with some small businesses and some entrepreneurs as well, and all that experience helped me shape who I am today. Uh, basically, moving on, 2021, I launched Cylon Accounting, so MVP into market, and three months down the line, we got our first uh, investment through an acceleration program from Startup Wise Guys. And that happened in February, and we're still in the program. Program will end in the next two months, and the program is really good because if I were, if I were to look at my journey as an entrepreneur with, as an entrepreneur before the program, it was a bit, as a bit, as I was all over the place to be honest. Yeah. And the program kind of, kind of gave me that horse focus um, and vision and also amplified with we're going with this business. Um, we have managed to raise a total of 120,000 euros and uh, going into silent accounting. So silent accounting is, for ease of explanation, think of it like QuickBooks, Sage, um, Zero, and so on. Yeah. And, uh, and what we do is we help businesses manage the income and expenses. And uh, through inputting the income and expenses, our system generates, auto-generates these reports that can be used for bank access to bank loans and submission of taxes. Now, one thing I did not mention is that 
we also focus on the informal sector. And for those that don't understand the meaning informal sector, because it's mainly an African term, um, yeah. it's your street vendors, your street shops, your small shops, and so on. Um, those, these are the, these, these are the, this is the sector that many that I just mentioned, the competition, zero QuickBooks and so on, neglect completely. And uh, yeah. when thinking of Africans, that's one of our biggest contributors to our GDP because, uh, well, they are, they are businesses, it's just that they're informal. Um, they're not your typical, exactly. your typical consultant or your typical service provider, um, your typical graphic designer, web designer, and so on. Um, they, they also do provide for their families and themselves, and some of them ex actually excel into opening actual shops later on in their lives. So the reason we're focusing on these in that sector is because, firstly, they're ignored. Secondly, they're, they're critical for the economy. You take the informal sector out of any African economy or nation, the economy will yeah. crumble. So yeah. with that said, we we are here to provide them with the financial financial guidance that they, they ought to receive. So we have a program, um, we have a financial literacy program that actually um, educates them in how to do their savings, open bank accounts, register business, and uh, most importantly, using silent accounting as the tool to, to understand the finances as a whole. And how we do that is yeah. they're able to manage their stock, and they're also able to put in the income that they receive on a daily, weekly, monthly, and uh, with our auto-generation tool, they're able to see all their finances. So through a financial literacy program, we teach them how to read these finances. And after they've registered their business, um, they, they then have access to bank loans as well, because now all the financial records are in good standing. Um, we are currently, we are currently, we launched in Namibia, a small country in Southern Africa of 2 million people. Yeah. However, we, we know that the problem we're solving is not only a Namibian problem, but an African problem. So we decided to take on Southern Africa, and we are currently now in Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and South Africa. Yeah. Uh, we will be moving to the Portuguese-speaking nations, which is Mozambique and Angola, in the next quarter. And... Uh, lastly, would then be DRC. Um, so we do have paying customers as well, and so far we've not received any negative feedback. Just feedback saying uh, or wish lists rather. Could you guys yeah. add this? Can we do this? It would be nice to have that, you know. And um, the feedback has been great. Many of our customers are happy with the pricing module because it's friendly. Um, I yeah. mean, if you if you just start a business or you just started a business yesterday, um, our, our pricing module enables you to start using an accounting tool that allows you to send invoices, recurring invoices, quotations, add your customers list, add your products list, add your stocks list, and prices, add your add your vendors at zero yeah. cost. Um, so for zero dollars, we can start using the application, and thereafter. Um, the system then moves them into a standard plan, which is still extremely affordable. It's 
six US dollars. Yeah. And give them, gives them, it just gives them, it just continues the access. They're just able to do more, meaning um, the zero plan only allows them um, 20 invoices. And thereafter, yeah. um, the standard plan allows them to send more invoices and add more expenses. And one of the things that many of our our current customers love is our expense module because they they're able to take pictures of a receipt and upload it directly into the into the account, and yeah. that that document will be there forever. Um, yeah. All our data is stored in the cloud, and and our security is quite safe. And um, also for disclaimer that we always give them and tell them, it's also in our term, uh, terms and conditions and when they sign up, is that um, we do not have access to their financial records. So yeah. um, we've last week we had a situation where one of our uh, customers in Zimbabwe, uh, sorry, in Zambia, had an issue, and she asked us to to um, help her move a few things and. We told her we, we can't we can't access your platform from here. Yeah. Only we can do this is if you do a Zoom meeting and you share your screen and we guide you from there onwards. The reason okay. the reason we don't want access into into the account is simply because it's financial information, and financial exactly. information very extremely it's extremely sensitive, extremely sensitive data, and we do not want to dabble with it. Um, yeah. We also don't want to be held accountable in any way. So say there's a legal claim of some or of some sort, and uh, a court from anywhere in the world calls us up and asks us for this client's information. Um, it's in our uh, terms and conditions, GDPR policies, and so on. But we do not have access to it, so we cannot even give anyone this information. The only way exactly. a user can 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 lose the information is if obviously they give the password to somebody or leave the computer yeah. unattended. And someone has access to it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Summary in a nutshell. I mean, that was really, really important and super informative. Moving on, um, in everything that you have beautifully um, shared, there are obviously with each person that speaks, we're all different individuals. And what I'm more interested in is establishing what. What strengths did you harness to be, first of all, you know, the position that you are, you're leading a team, you're leading now also um, cross-border, a cross-border team. What strengths are you currently harnessing to make sure that work is seamlessly uh, done and that you're also not compromising on the product? So the skills I harnessed and harnessing. So let's start with what I've harnessed. Um, like yeah. I mentioned, I started my entrepreneurship journey in 2014. And um, throughout that time, I already worked remotely. Um, as a young guy, 21, um, didn't have, was 21 or 22? Yeah. I couldn't remember my age back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know was, I know it was before I turned uh, 23. Nonetheless, um, I didn't have money to, to have an office and all these nice things to look to look sophisticated, you know? Exactly. So the only option I had was uh, I come from a tech background. I've been doing IT since I was uh, 13. Uh, fortunate enough that my dad actually put me through certain programs as a young person because that has been yeah. my interest, IT. And, um, and obviously moving to computer science. But nonetheless, 
Um, in back then, I worked remotely, fully remote. I had remote graphic designers. I had remote. Uh, I had a remote team, like four people in total. Yeah. And we worked remotely throughout. We never had an office. We do. Um, we do meetings already. Um, we used to do meetings back then, uh, even before. Because this is many years before COVID. And also, yeah. what I did in my free time is. I, I took a lot of online courses, so I'd study things like financing, accounting, though I had that subject in primary in high school. Um, yeah. I'd, take, I'd take courses like leadership management, um, courses like uh, understanding legal documents and all these. Because, uh, like I said, I didn't have the money to hire these people, so I needed to equip myself exactly. um, as basically, a, as basically a, a jack of all trades. But yeah. as a master of computer science, <laughs> software yeah. engineering, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. So I stuck to what I stuck to what I love. Um, so yeah, so that that actually helped me a lot because looking back, um, I was even thinking about it the other day. I was like, how did I get here? Um, all of a sudden, yeah. all this attention. Where did it come from? And one of my mentors told me, "Well, just you've been preparing for this," and he was exactly. right because I have been preparing for this and. Now that I have a, a team or a team of eight people now, and we we span all the way into into South Asia, um, our developers are there as well. So yeah, um, since people I've never met in person, though we've met on on screen. So it, yeah. the, the skills I harnessed has has enabled me to manage all this because I understand each and every department. I understand sales because um, my first job was at sixteen. And I've been getting, I've been working in various um, fields uh, in sales or various, yeah, various companies doing sales. So um, yeah. I harnessed my sales, my sales skills in, in that. At the age of 17, um, I was working at the waterfront and a waterfront in Cape Town. And the, the director made me the manager. And I mean, as manager of people that were like 10, 15 years older than me, I didn't understand how this even happened. So yeah. that's where my sales skills were harnessed. And now that I have a sales team, I understand the language they speak. I have a marketing yeah. team now. I understand I understand the language they speak as well. I'm able to also guide them and tell them that, hey, guys, we need to do this and that. Exactly. Simply because also, I was also awarded, I was also awarded um, uh, an achievement, sorry, a marketing, best marketing campaign run in 2016. I was awarded that. It was a Namibian award. Yeah. Um, something I also forgot to mention is I was awarded the most promising entrepreneur for 2022 by Africa yes, Arena. So and, yeah. and even when that happened, I was shocked. I was like, how did this, what is going on? Because I pitched. Uh, I had my pitch. Everybody had their pitch. And um, the, everyone's pitch seemed, seemed better than mine at that time. But somehow I got the award. So I was like, okay. I guess the judges had another eye. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was exciting to, to hear my name being called out. Um, so the yeah. skills I'm harnessing right now at this very moment is, is mainly, mainly presenting myself as, uh, as a third leader in my space, um, yeah. which is Fintech. Um, uh, I, I, I believe, I believe that's, I believe that's one thing I should harness because in the long term, um, as you know, we're we're targeting the informal sector, and it's not yeah. going to we're not going to change it overnight. It's going to take some years. 
So if I start harnessing this right now, I can I can assure myself um, that in seven, eight, nine years, uh, there will be tremendous change throughout Africa. So that's yeah. that's one area I'm focusing right now. Um, and 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 how I operate with my team that's that's solidified. We have structure. We have we use online online platforms and tools to to guide us through everything. We use Drive to share files. We have project management tools. Um, yeah, so we're also using other pla- other startup platforms to actually achieve yeah. what we need to achieve. Um, the startup community exactly. is really beautiful, and uh, through meeting yeah. all these various founders, um, we get to we get to know what each one is doing and how we can collaborate. If not collaborate, how we can use each other's uh, startups or, or companies to to achieve certain certain goals. I have a few startups that I met in in SA that are using Salon Accounting for their books and they love it. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yes, you did extensively. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, as much in as much as I'm having these conversations, it's also for uh, to the benefit of the invitee. That's why it's exclusive. So you detailing all the experiences, um, you know obviously relevant to the conversation that we're having at hand. It's for both of our benefits. Um, and I love the one thing that really stood out for me. You said you, you're not, not a jack of all trades, but you stuck to what you loved. And that is a superior skill. I mean, if you can find something, the one thing that you can find and you happen to love it and still have fun, fun with it, I think that's the sweet spot where a lot of people are trying to hopefully uh, I hope <laughs> we're all trying to move towards that. Doing the work, but yeah. you're still loving it. Learning a new skill, but you're still loving to do so. Um, right. So moving on to the next um, conversation point, is uh, which I think you already briefly touched on with, uh, with regards to your team, your recruitment strategy. You are you know, in, in any position as a CEO, you are responsible for obviously leading, uh, planning, finding the best practice in terms of hiring the best um, talent. What would you say are your thoughts around hybrid working for one and remote working? Um, which should obviously, you know, you already have a remote work if you're talking about some, I think one of your developers or some of your developers are in, sitting in Southeast, Southeast Asia. That's right, right? No, no, South, South Asia. South Asia, yes. So, do you have currently a, a strategy navigating that, um, as in our hybrid working specifically? Um, how are you navigating it? How are you currently also expanding in terms of learning more about um, that mode of working? Um, yeah, let's take it from there. Uh, okay, cool. So, so we have a, we have our office in Namibia, right? And yes. in our office, we have a marketing person, we have our product product development, we have our financial literacy, we have uh, our HR, and am I missing someone? No, I'm not. Yeah, that's 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 a team in 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 Namibia, and. We have now recently onboarded someone from South Africa, which will be doing sales and marketing lead on that side. And we will yeah. also onboard another person, which is which will be doing financial literacy. 
and I dearly would love to expand the team of sales and marketing because it's crucial. As you know, exactly. the target the target group we are going for is not that internet friendly. You know, although they do have smartphones and in access to internet, they just don't spend that much time uh, doing certain activities like uh, looking at adverts on Facebook and so on. So yeah. they, they still need that face-to-face -face connection, and um, it's crucial in Africa still at this, at this stage. Um, Botswana, we have marketing team as well, Zimbabwe and Zambia. So what we're doing is, what I'm doing is, I find a leader, and under the leader, we have juniors. And the the leader reports to me. Juniors report to the leader, and so I speak mainly with the leaders in each in each department or each region, and um, that's the easiest way to communicate and to work with everybody. I can't be speaking to the whole team; it'll be crazy, especially when you're working remotely and hybrid type style. Um, so, the leaders are responsible for the juniors, and obviously, there's something going on that's it's the leader's responsibility. So the leader will then be accountable for that. And what I expect from my leaders aren't, aren't people that shift blame or, or try to try to sugarcoat things. Ideally for me, what works best is someone that can be accountable, is good with people and also trustable. Yeah. So the hiring process for me, I've learned, I've been watching I, I like I like reading. I like learning from many many thought leaders, and yeah. and one thing I learned is that, or oh, I came across actually, and then I dived I've, I've dived into it, which is how the Navy SEALs become Navy SEALs, and there's this there's this chart which was really interesting for me, where they had high performers and um people that you can't trust so in the navy seals what they do is even though you're a high performer you're great you're great at what you do but you're not trustable you will not become a navy seal yeah. um even if you are trustable but your performance is below 50 percent, you will not become a navy seal so ideally you need to be in a sweet spot to actually become a Navy SEAL, which is yeah. your performance level and your trust level should should be at a certain percentage, and only then do you become a Navy. And that's the same kind. That's the same. That's the same strategy I've implemented in Cylon, where yeah. um, you, even though your performance is not that great, I mean that's something that can be improved. Um, but one thing you can't improve is your level, your, your 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 human characteristic, and one of them is trust, your, the ability for us to trust you. Because if you're working remotely, we need to trust each other that tasks will exactly. be done, even though we have objectives, milestones, KPIs, and all these nice things. Um, yeah. Without that trust factor, we can't really we can't really go any further. Um, so, first thing that I look for is trust. Second thing I look for is um vision uh where's your vision at when when i explain so usually i'll give you i'll explain I'll, I'll, I'll explain the business to you and ideally i'd like you to pitch it back to me and it doesn't matter what department you're in i believe everybody's a salesperson so if you're able to if you're able to represent the company in that way or the startup in that way 
um, it it creates a lot of a lot of like I I I have faith for you going forward because let's say you go to a an event for example and you already have that in you of I will automatically sell this company regardless of my position even if even if I'm the janitor yeah. regardless they ask yeah. me what do you do oh no I work for Salon Accounting but this is what we do and this is how we can help you um, that yeah. that that is key for me. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're janitor, you're COO or CEO, it doesn't matter. Everybody should be able to have that in them. And that's a key factor for me. So performance yeah. and trust in a, in a, in a sweet spot. Um, how I manage all these people, um, like I said just now, they're leaders in each department. So in the tech space, there's a leader. In the sales space, there's a leader. And there's leaders everywhere. Um, and when we're going regional, we're looking at Africa as a whole, I mean, uh, with all these countries in Africa, very huge, same will apply. Um, we plan on scaling to Ghana and Kenya next year. So uh, I'll need a leader in Kenya and I'll need a leader in Ghana. And under the leaders, we'll then have the sales, the marketing team, and the financial literacy team. The, the three I just mentioned are, are very important for us. The developers, the product developer, the CTO, it remains the same no, no matter where on earth you are. But the sales marketing um, is crucial for us because they understand the culture of their, their, own, their own people. I can't have a, I can't have a salesperson yeah. that's sitting in, in another continent and expect them to attain sales in, say, Kenya, for example. It don't make sense. Um, yeah. It makes no sense. And the leaders uh, are ideally people that can that can identify partners and, uh, and and identify these partnerships and also close them um, with yeah. my with my presence or without my presence. Um, but obviously they all they all report to me, so it's not like go out and do whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, I still have to prove what's happening. Um, but yeah, that's 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 how it that's how it works. And and hiring process. Um, I believe in I believe in quick failing, quick failing, fail quick. So let's hypothetically say I hire someone and this person is not a good fit. I'm not going to wait three, six months with this person because I'll be wasting my, my time and I'll also be wasting he or she's time. Um, the sooner they know that they're not a good fit, um, the better for them because they can go look for another place where they could be a good fit. And also the yeah. uh, better for us because we save resources and uh, we can also get someone quickly so that we can move swiftly. So um, yeah. quick failure is ideal for me. Um, ideally, I look at short-term contracts first, so uh, three months short-term contract, and thereafter long-term contract, and after a year or two, if the employee is willing, we we are willing to go into the employee pool, give him a percentage, and then make it a permanent agreement. So um, that's that's the process. I'm not sure. You actually said something that would take us to, that would bring us to the, within our closing remarks about um, you're focusing on short-term workers within three uh, within three months, for example, which can be um, classified under the umbrella body of a freelancer, which is one of the reasons why this podcast exists and what what we're trying to do here. It's we are basically rationalizing that not everybody is going to be in a position to have a full-time job, right? So in the, pres- in the absence of that, while you know, for those that still desire now the full-time um, mode of working, 
what can you do in what can you do in the meantime and what we don't have right now in the country is a system or a centralized system where people are able to you know either you look either you you hire somebody from that system or the client hires somebody, a freelancer from from yeah from that system and that's exactly what billet is trying to do and if you're saying that you are working with the three with somebody who you're contracting for three months there is it's really hard for you to understand their level of quality their work that they're going to be putting out you're taking this as it stands right now you're basically taking a risk so Moving on to the next stage, what are your projections in terms of um, the gig economy and how it would fit into your business model going forward? This is obviously a very, it will give birth to multiple conversations. We don't have to get into everything right now. But are you open to exploring it in the near future as you're expanding? Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Right, yeah. Um. So, so just to elaborate on the on the short-term agreement. Um, the short-term agreement is ideally to get you into a long-term agreement. Um, it's just a, it's, it's like a screening process for me um, because it's, it's, it's risk for the business to hire the wrong person. And at this early stage, we need to, we, we need to hire people that will, that will create the culture. So I'm not, I'm not, of, I'm not of the place of, uh, we look at you from your ethnic group or your traditional group or your religious group. Uh, I, I, I really, I really, I really don't care like who, you, what you do, what, who, who you pray to, and all. I really don't care because at the end of the day, we all have our own. We all have what works for us. I mean, I have my, I have what works for me, and I can't judge someone else for what works for them. You know, I, I just want results and um, a, a, a strong culture, yeah. ideally. I'd love a strong culture because when we have 300, 400, 1,000, 10,000 people working under silent accounting, the initial culture that created it is going to determine so much and, and, and alleviate us from so many problems. Um, uh, and and, and I, 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 don't want, I don't want something to, I don't want bad press in yeah. 10 years from now, you know? Simply because yeah. of culture. So the culture means a lot to me. So, yes, we do the three months short-term agreement, but then there's a clause in your agreement that tells you that after three months, it's like a probation period. After three yeah. months, we will sign you in a long, longer agreement. So it could be 12 to 24 months afterwards, after the three months probation period, simply because in those three months, I want, I want the individual to push at maximum capacity and that will identify who you are as a person and what you're capable of doing. Yeah. Something I've learned in psychology, uh, psychology is another topic of interest, personal topic of interest, uh, human behavior and, and human psychology. I love it so much. Something I've learned right in psychology, <laughs> <laughs> something I love in psychology is that um, I will use the I'll use a scenario, a quick scenario of a relationship. Boy meets girl, girl meets boy. In the first six to nine months, you can't really you can't really say who this person is. You'll see some habits, you'll see some you'll see some character traits, but you won't you can't really you won't really know to a certain level that this I know this person, you know? 
Only yeah. after six, nine months does the human start to drop the guard and become more relaxed. And then you yeah. see who they really are. So I, I also kind of use that with, with, the whole, with the whole employment process because three months will not, it's not enough time for me to know who this individual is. But in three months' time, I'll, I'll see certain traits and certain characters that could potentially destroy asylum accounting going forward or take asylum accounting to greater heights. I mean, one can start as a junior um, today and probably be a senior in nine months just because of the, the character and the, they're willing to drive and what they see exactly. within Cylon Accounting. And that's, that's exactly what I look at. Um, um, like I said, I give a scenario, you pitch back to me, but I also like to understand, I also like to understand where do you see yourself um, in a few years from now? And um, I also I also do make it known that if you perform well, you will you will have ownership of this company. We will give you stake in this company. So um, you will have you you will you will benefit in so many ways. And yeah. and one thing I can say confidently, uh, I have I have I have two members of the team. Um, they started in in February. And I was doing my, my monthly follow-ups with the team. And I asked them, so I was like, guys, um, are you guys still come? It was a, a question I had and I asked everyone. I was like, are you still happy here? And if not, what can we change or what can I change? And if not, what can I change yeah. to keep you happy? Or, or what should we change as a whole in the organization? And two of the members told me, they were like, no, Jess, um, do you know that I actually had two job interviews and I rejected them? And I was like, yeah, but we're not even wow. paying you that salary. Why did, why, did you, why did you reject them? And the reply was that because I know that my salary will increase based on my performance and I'm here for the long term, not the short term. And those are the kind of people we're looking for. It's not, it's not even about how much money you're getting right now. It's about who you can become at a later stage. I mean, yeah. um, I, I, I encourage my team to constantly learn. And um, as of next month, um, my team will be doing some online courses and um, online activities and so on to improve what they want to know going forward. So something we also do is we ask you, um, where, where do you see yourself and what would you like to improve in yourself? With that said, we give our members um, access to to online education, and we also pay for it. Um, yeah. and that enables them to improve themselves. We're young people, and we have a lot to learn. And obviously, we can't we can't send someone to university and tell them how to do a whole diploma, but we can send someone to do a three months training course, which is high intense. And at the end of it, they will come back with a whole lot of knowledge and knowledge that will take them into different or greater heights.